I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a, in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, you might have heard this, uh, this, this reading quite a lot before, especially about love, what love is, and all that sort of thing. But there's some misconceptions that come with this chapter. It gets taken out of the context of the letter to the Corinthians because um, it can be you'll hear it at a wedding quite normally in an emotive relational way between a man and a woman or maybe at a funeral uh, between someone that you knew. Um, it can be, uh, it can be uh, known as the love chapter, uh, a detailed description of what love is and how it should be morally expressed. If you meet someone that doesn't know Jesus, they would also be able to tell you probably some of this, these verses and how it should be expressed to other people. Um, or maybe you hear it as somebody that's known Jesus a, a, a long while and you've turned it into a dutiful expectation of how you should behave, to be a good Christian woman or a good Christian man. And there's become a duty to exercise what love looks like in this way. And the thing is, with this chapter is, you know, those are all good things. But the chapter here that Paul is emphasizing the importance of love in the context of spiritual gifts and outworking them and in the functioning of the church and our grounding and the understanding that God is love. Because the greatest of all these things is love. God is love. Jesus died for love of us. The Holy Spirit intercedes and helps us on behalf through love. This is the context in which this chapter is talking about, not just about a marriage, not moral obligation, um, not being a good Christian woman or man. It's about having your foundations in love so that we can exercise all the gifts that he'd like to give us. So we're just going to explore that a little bit further and what else Paul has to say. And the first point I sort of want to make is that we talk about love and we go, well, this just feels untangible at times. We talk about God being love and is love and that Jesus died for us and that he demonstrated that and that the Holy Spirit is working through love in us to exercise to other people. But it's hard to sometimes see what that looks like in my day-to-day -day walking without it becoming a sense of obligation or duty. And that's when we look to Jesus. We look at the life of Jesus, the way he lived, the way he only did what the Father asked him to do, the way he loved other people and walked his life. And um, with that, we can then be secure in our identities as a son, as a daughter in Christ, knowing who he is and who he's asking us to be through his love. And so I've just rephrased um, a little portion of this chapter just to help us understand again that Jesus is love and help us understand that we can too exercise it when we follow Jesus. Because it says in 1 John 1st, it says, whoever does not love, sounds like a frog. Whoever does not love sounds like a frog. No, that doesn't work quite as well. 
Um, whoever does not love does not know God. Who? Because God is love. You think that's challenging? Really challenging. It's 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And let's find out about what that might look like in, when we look at the life of Jesus. Because Jesus was patient. Jesus was kind. He did not envy. He did not boast. And he was not proud. Jesus did not dishonor others. He wasn't self-seeking. And he wasn't easily angered. Jesus, he kept no record of wrongs. He did not delight in evil, but rejoiced with the truth. He always protects. Jesus always trusted. Jesus always hoped. He persevered. Jesus never failed. The gift of love is Jesus. The greatest sacrifice of them all for you and I. And let's remember who Jesus is and the outwork, what it looks like to follow him. Because he did all this. And we want to do as the Father asked us to do. Because whoever does not know love does not know God. Because God is love. I know this is a really simple talk in many ways. And it's not going to go on for particularly very long. But if we don't understand that God is love and that we were created out of his love, and that we were saved because of his love, and that we now get to grow and express the spiritual gifts that God has because he wants to exercise his love to his church and to other people, then we're missing a very important part of just being in him. So given that this verse and these verses were about the context of the spiritual gifts that followed the chapter before. If you've not read these chapters together, I would recommend reading, reading 12, 13, and 14 all together. Is that he says, and now these th three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so when we think about this, um, he's given us a gift not a very large brown box, but this is the biggest box I could find to express the fact that it's the biggest gift, okay? So he's given you and I this gift, and this gift came through Jesus. You've always been loved. You always will be loved, but you need to receive his love. And in this gift, we have faith and hope. We have faith, and we have hope. But if we separate these things from the gift of love, Paul says that we become like clanging cymbals. It becomes pointless. It becomes meaningless. You can exercise prophecy. You can exercise speaking in tongues. You can be generous. You can work hard for the Lord. But without these things being grounded in the gift of love that he has given you, they become like clanging cymbals. You might as well not bother, is almost what it's saying. But when we... When we have the gift of love, we, we just rejoice and we celebrate, we worship the Lord our God who saved us and has renewed us and given us new life. We can then exercise faith, asking for healing for other people in Jesus' name. We can then exercise hope for people that are vulnerable and without and are in a way that we can't help them, but we can offer them the hope of Jesus and his love. 
right? These things separated from the gift of love, Paul says, are like clanging cymbals. My other prop was going to be having a cymbal here and hitting it really hard because it's a horrible sound. But when they are in these things, we can then operate well with Jesus. Because when we have these things, we as a church, you, if you follow Jesus, you have gifts that he's given you that come out of the gift of love as well, out of faith and hope. Wendy's going to talk about this a whole bunch over the next week. So I'm just teeing her up nicely, I think. But you can ask for the gift of healing to be able to pray for other people and the gift of miracles. You can ask God for the gift of knowledge for other people so that when you meet them, you can speak wisdom and truth into their life. Well, there's wisdom as well. So you know what coming up to. You can ask for the gift of prophecy. You can ask to speak in tongues. You can ask to be able to distinguish between spirits. And you know the wonderful thing about chapter 12 is it talks about, about us being all part of one body. We won't have all these gifts. There's no one person that has all these gifts other than Jesus, right? But between us, we are a community and we are a family that needs to be made up of all these gifts. Why? For the, for the health and the well-being and the growth of the church. Why? So that you can witness to your friends and family and work colleagues, not to persuade them, not out of duty, not out of a, uh, an obligation, but because we love, because Jesus first loved us. So where does that lead us? Where, what questions does that leave in your heart? Because I know I think about the way I love people at times, especially when I'm tired and cranky. But you know something? He's a very forgiving father. And he keeps no record of your wrongs. So you can repent and come again. So with faith and hope, I come this morning standing in the foundation of God's love for me to give to you. Do you receive God's gift of love today? A slightly funny story is that my parents, every year, so dad used to be a landscape gardener, every Christmas uh, there was one couple that he worked for that would give him a bottle of champagne every Christmas. My parents aren't drinkers of bubbly, they're, they're not a particular fan of it. Um, so the, the funny thing is that the joke was, and I think they were half sincere, in that they would keep this... Every year, there'll be another champagne bottle put into the cupboard in the kitchen, and it would be for mine or my sister's wedding. <laughs> Neither of us are married, by the way. <laughs> so every year, another bottle of champagne or whatever bubble it was would go into the cupboard. And, you know, this has been happening since I was a teenager, right? So there's quite a few bottles in there by the time uh, I ended up living with them for a, a year and a half during COVID. And... So being there, I then obviously explored the cupboards more than I would have done, because, you know, you know, free free food. <laughs> and I came across this cupboard. I was like, oh, my gosh, they've still got all these bottles of champagne. And I could see Jazz's face in astonishment, going, <laughs> what are you doing? And, um, and we just talked about going, you need to, we need to drink it, we need to try it. Because, you know, they, they had faith, they've got faith and hope. 
they, they, they would love to see us married and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, you know, they were good things, but they, the gift that they had received, this wonderful bottle of champagne, had been stored away and kept for another time, thinking, I know better for when this is for. And we can do that for the gift of love. We can store it away and go, I've received it, excellent. I'm just going to get on with my life now. And you know something else about the champagne? So I convinced them to open the bottle. Guess what had happened? It had gone off, it had ruined, it got caught, tasted disgusting. And um, the danger is that we can park this gift of love or we can start exercising faith and hope without love keeping it in a cupboard for ourselves at our key closing time. But actually, the gift of love is for every day, for every minute, for all the time, and it needs to be opened in your life so that you can exercise faith in your own walk and for other people, that you can exercise hope for the disadvantaged, for the vulnerable, the people that don't have things, for the ones that are going through hard times, so that you can exercise the gifts that God has given you we don't want to store these things in the cupboard, do we, church? No. So this looks like bringing stuff on a Sunday morning, whether it's one-to-one, up the front. It looks like being part of community groups and bringing the, the word of the Lord together. It's about sharing these things. So I'm just going to ask you three questions. We're going to respond. I'm going to invite the band back up. This is me winding up. And I've waffled. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, we're just going to take time. We're going to worship for a bit more as well. But I appreciate I've banged on about the gift of love so much. But this is, this, again, this will be like a clanging cymbal if we don't respond. My first question is to you. Are you here and you've just met Jesus? And you're just finding out about him? He died for you. We come and repent. And he turns our lives upside down if we follow him. He has a gift of love for you. Are you somebody that needs refreshing? Are you dry? Are you finding that you're, you're, you've got empathy fatigue? You've got compassion fatigue? That you're just struggling with being able to love other people as God has loved you? Are you in a place where you, actually this sort of thing just makes you feel stuck? I mentioned this, and the moment I start talking about spiritual gifts, you go, no, I, no, I'm a perfectionist. I need to get it right or not at all, so I'm not going to try? Are you someone that um, fears it because you've come out of a place where it was never done before and actually it was taught that they're not for today? Is that your, what you're carrying? Is it something that you have pride where you're going, no, I don't need that? Is it anger, bitterness, disappointment? There's so many things that can leave us at a point where we're stuck. Um, but the Holy Spirit can work with you on that. He's not there to push you, to make you jump. He's there to, to help you. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is our helper. Um, so can I ask if, the, if any of those three categories relate to you? It might be that this is everybody. It might be a few. But if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling like you just need to be refreshed, or you're meeting Jesus for the first time and just want to ask him into your life, can I ask you to stand? And I'm going to ask you to stand because Peter got out of the boat. Do you remember that story? Peter stepped out onto the water 
And he did it because he was secure in the gift of love he received and the faith he had to be able to step out. So I feel like we need to be a bit like Peter this morning and just say, I'm going to, I need to move into this moment of action to respond. So do you want to stand if that applies to you? I'm happy if it's only one person. Like whether you're feeling stuck with the gifts, whether you're feeling uh, dry and just without love, (laughs) or whether you just want to meet Jesus for the first time. Because this is an open space. Like we're not here to, this isn't a competition about who's got this, who's got that. This is just responding to, to Jesus in this moment. Now, you might just play the keys for a bit in the song we're doing. And we're just gonna, I'm just going to do a prayer with you guys. And then we're going to worship and Sam is just going to lead us through how to respond. Because we all need a top up of the gift of love when we start relying on ourselves. And we need to remember it's Jesus. My prayer for you is this from Ephesians. Paul says this. And Lord Jesus, we just pray right now. Holy Spirit, come in this moment. Even if people aren't standing, but their heart is pounding, just ask Lord Jesus that you bless them and keep them and stir them on. Yeah, Father, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent, magnificent, uh, magnificent, I can't say that word. This great Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb its depths, rise to its heights, Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working with us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine, according to his power that is at working within me. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever.